Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of I'll Give It To You Straightish. I'm your host, Max Dubrow. So just a little weekly update. Um, I turned 17 in like three days <laughs> and I'm so excited. And this weekend I'm having a small birthday party with like four people because I have no friends, which is the way I like it. And we're going to be having a little tea party. It's going to be really cute. And I have the prettiest dress, you guys. i it's the prettiest dress ever, and I'm wearing a tiara, of course, because I'm extra. But if you guys want to see pictures of that, they'll be on my Instagram probably Saturday night or Sunday morning. Max Dubro, that's my Instagram. And also follow me on TikTok because my TikTok went viral with my mom because she's cool. And that's also just Max Dubro. But um, so it's my birth it's my birthday almost, and my twin brother's birthday, obviously. And we're excited. Our Sedona trip got canceled, which we're excited about. And because it's because of Corona and the lockdown thing. So, but we're cool with it. We're good. We're going to go, uh, we're switching it to go in springtime instead. So it's, we're going anyway, just not right now. So yeah, today I have some really exciting guests on. Caroline and Grace, who um, go to Harvard currently as a business school students. And they're going to tell you guys about college and how to get in and what parents should and shouldn't do. So thanks you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of I'll Give It To You Straightish. I'm Max Dubrow and today we have two awesome girls, Caroline and Grace. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> So, um, you guys know my mom through what you did a research project with her, right? Or you asked her some questions or something. Can you guys talk about that? Or is it like a class? Yeah, I know. Um, Grace and I are classmates at Harvard Business School right now. And uh, we were doing a project for our class called Building and Sustaining a Successful Enterprise about the housewives. We chose that as our topic because we thought it would be fun. And it's been sustaining for a very long time. And it's a very successful franchise. Um, and so uh, your mom was gracious enough to talk to us about her experience and give us input for that project, which was really, really uh, great. Oh, awesome. Wait, what class was that for? It's called Building and Sustaining a Successful Enterprise. And oh. it was created by Clay Christensen, um, who passed away, sadly, earlier this year. But he um, created a lot of famous business frameworks, including what disruption means. And it's one of these famous classes at HBS that everyone says you have to take. Um, and I think that we've both learned a lot through it. But our uh, for our final project, we were encouraged to do something that was near and dear to our hearts. So Caroline and I um, picked that we wanted to do Bravo and Real Housewives. But our professor is this super nice 65 to 70 year old white male <laughs> from the Midwest. And his feedback was basically like, I never thought that I would be viewing Real Housewives through these theories, and I also have never viewed it through the television screen, but I'm excited. So. <laughs> That's actually really cool. That's <laughs> kind of smart, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's so been fun to, to work on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you guys go to Harvard Business School, right? Mm-hmm. That is yeah. so cool. Okay, so I'm a junior in high school, if you didn't know. And so, you know, I have to get, apply to colleges soon. <laughs> so, wait, where'd you guys go to undergrad? I went to I went Penn to- for undergrad. Sorry, Kara. I went to North 
Western, which is uh, outside Chicago. Yeah, that's so cool. That's one of my options. <laughs> um, do you guys was was the whole college application process like just miserable? <laughs> For the most part, I would say yes. Um, I think the worst part is like the uncertainty and the waiting. I feel like more than the actual steps themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I just remember it being a stressful time. And I think looking back, it was a little bit, um, it was a little bit uh, unnecessary just because I think like looking at all the people that I was around and that I grew up with, like everyone ended up in such different places that everyone ended up in the perfect place for them like when they think back on it and so hmm. um I, I think that a lot of it is like brought on to ourselves by it feeling like such a big decision when in reality you know there's a lot of different places that could end up working out really well for everybody yeah that's so cool um yeah I agree with that so Max like you I actually have a twin brother really? um and yeah and awesome. so we um, went to the same high school, like all all same schooling. And then I think for college, we wanted different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but my parents made us go on every college tour together. And because we were seeing very different schools, I think my brother and I saw like 25 schools or something oh crazy that I just couldn't, like if we were in Boston, we would be at like BU, Boston College, like Mm. MIT, like all of these schools. Um, And so I felt like it was just a very time consuming process. But I agree with Caroline. I think for me, it was the waiting to my, uh, my twin brother was much more decisive than I am and knew what he wanted. So he applied early action uh, to Boston College, got in and then was done by Christmas. And I, I know, I like if you feel like you know where you want to go, I would have in retrospect done early decision because I instead applied to a zillion schools. Like it took me forever. I was working on them in the car, like on new year's basically with my parents, like trying to submit it. Um, And it was just very stressful. And then you have to wait until April or so to find out where Mm -hmm. you're going. Um, And so I think again, like Caroline, the waiting was kind of stressful for me, but looking back now, you know, we're 28 to like 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy to say um, in the process felt so stressful, but everyone ended up at everyone who went to their schools, like all ended up being so happy and are all in great places in life now. And so I think it actually matters less like where you go, even though it feels right now that like that's mm-hmm. your whole world. Right. And so you have a twin brother. So was it hard to separate for college? <laughs> I think so. I listened to one of your podcast episodes with your brother and I feel like you guys are much closer than my brother and I were. Oh, at the really? time. <laughs> yeah. Like just candidly. <laughs> no, it's true. My brother yeah. would totally agree. Um, but my brother and I now are, are much closer. I think we're at the phase where you guys are now, which is right. really nice for you. <laughs> um, and so I think we both just wanted different things, but then it, it was cool because he came down and visited me every year at Penn and we always had a great time. And like, everyone was like, wait, you have a twin. Like, this is wild. And so that was always kind of fun to like build our own lives, but then bring each other back into each other's lives. Yeah. That's really cute. Did you guys have um, like a hard time or an easy time keeping in touch with your family? Do you have a lot of siblings with you? I just have my twin. And I have one little sister. So was it easy to keep in touch? Because did you guys go far for colleges? Like that was far from your houses, right? 
Um, so I grew up in Tennessee, so it was pretty far from me. Um, and I didn't know anybody when I was going to college. I, I didn't know anybody who went to Northwestern, not a soul. And I, I kind of did that purposefully. Um, growing up in Tennessee, a lot of people go to the same like four or five um, yeah. schools that I grew up with. And I didn't really look at any of those schools. I really wanted to go somewhere where I could um, kind of make decisions without anybody else's influence and kind of really find myself and find my own path. And so it was really scary to kind of go out on to a place that's pretty far on your own with like out much of a support system there. Mm-hmm. I think in hindsight, it was like an amazing decision because I think that I really did find my own independence and learn so much about myself through all of that. Um, but to answer your question, like I think I think it's easy and it's hard. I think um, I think you learn who you who it who is like a friend for life and who was a friend, you know, right. for for that phase of life. And I think you learn that pretty quickly um, based on like who you gravitate towards calling when you have time um, when you're on walks and who you visit, because I would go and visit my friends from high school and co- at their colleges. And, um, and I think that that's just, you know, something that you go through, but I think it's, it's not so hard to keep in touch with the people that are the most important to you and that you want to keep in touch with, including your family. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, so for me, I went to college about 45 minutes to an hour from where I grew up. I grew up north of Philadelphia. Um, and that was not a, a consideration in where I was going to school. Um, I did admittedly not apply to anything west of Chicago because I was like a deep East Coaster at heart. And then, yeah. I, moved to San <laughs> then I moved to San Francisco for five years. So I'm changing that slightly, but um, okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I did it. In my first few years, I think I was so like kind of enveloped in school and like trying to make friends and just kind of live my life that I didn't really take advantage of being that close to home. Like I went home for holidays, but not much else. And then I think in my final year, when I was becoming more of an adult and started to appreciate, I think my parents a little bit more and realizing that I was moving to California, I saw them a ton, which was really nice. Um, But I agree with Caroline, you end up just you have so many things going on, like you end up just needing to prioritize people. Um, and you can call them, you know, on your walks to class or like face. I, now I think it's easier with like FaceTime and like group messages mm-hmm. and stuff. Like 10 years ago, we had like group me and like that was <laughs> it. So really, yeah. yeah, that's aging us, which is wild. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning, yeah, nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have, we didn't have- we had to stand outside for taxis. And like yeah, oh, yeah, we didn't have Uber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, so it's a whole different world now. Yeah. But. Um, well, speaking of, you know, having to prioritize and you have so much stuff going on, like regardless of any college you go to, um, do you guys think that you – or I guess the question is, um, do you ha- can you still have fun and pursue your goals and get good grades, or do you really have to focus on one? <laughs> I think you should totally prioritize having fun. Um, really? Like, yes. Like I think, uh, I think it honestly depends on, on what you prioritize, but Caroline and I both like prioritize hanging out with friends and like having fun in addition to school. And, but we don't do one at the expense of the other because that like wouldn't make me happy. Cause I just value being around people and like, I value things beyond school. And so um, I think 
if that if that's what you value, like hanging out with close friends and doing fun things or traveling or whatever it is, like make sure that you prioritize that because you're never going to get that time back. Um, and like grades don't matter. Like I, I've, that's not true. I guess they do. <laughs> I guess they do in terms of getting to the next step of things. Like they matter in high school to get to the next step of college. And then they really, I guess they matter in college, depending on what type of job you want, or if you want to go to graduate school after, but they're not everything. And like many years after you're in college, like all you're going to think about are like the fun memories that you had with your friends and not about, Oh, like I spent my night till two o'clock in the morning studying for that test. And I got X, Y, Z grade on it, you know? Yeah. I think like to that point, it's about what can you on the edge give up? And I think like, I didn't have a 4.0 grade point average in college. I had a high grade point average, but you know, it wasn't perfect. And you know, it didn't need to be, I got everywhere I needed to be with like doing excellent and not perfect. And I think knowing that you can give up a little bit on the edges and have these experiences that you will always remember versus like being home at night and studying is really important. I also think it's really important, especially when I was younger, I remember, um, people like as early as freshman year were already thinking about career a lot. And that was something that I wasn't expecting. And my, I went to camp my whole life, sleepaway camp. And after my freshman year, I went back to the South and I was a counselor at my summer camp again. And like people were doing internships and whatever. And that summer was the last summer that I got to just goof off and have fun with my friends the whole summer. And I wouldn't take that back to the world. So I think just like taking pieces of joy when you can and taking on new adventures. I wish I had um, like done more broad things. I wish I had just like taken done even more than I did because I think that's the stuff that kind of really builds up in life and shows you who you are and helps you figure out um learn more about yourself yeah yeah and one thing I would quickly add to that is I guess I would add two things to that the first is that I think if school and grades are important to you there are ways to make it fun so i was a nerd and I had a lot of friends who were nerds too. And so like, we would all like study together in like a specific part of the library or in like a specific room in one of the buildings. And we would bring like fun snacks and be like, Oh, what did you bring? Or should we go take a walk and go get coffee or diet Coke or something? And I just think like having friends who are there with you, like you can still create like fun memories, even if you're doing productive things. And so I think that's a nice way to kind of balance both. And then the second thing I would say is, if you interviewed me like in the middle of college when it felt stressful, I probably wouldn't have said any of these things. Like I would have been (laughs) focused on school and like I would have been stressed about prioritizing everything. This is definitely like a perspective that I've gained over time about like Caroline said, like you can give on the edges and you can do the best that you can, but you don't have to be the best and you can still get where you want to go. And I think that that took me many years to get there. Yeah. I think also like the one other thing is that when there is something that you need to excel at and that you need to really focus, I think um, knowing when to go deep and when to really prioritize that and when you need to say no to the social stuff is also important. So I think, you know, there's, there's time where the opposite is true, where, you know, that dinner that you have with your friends, that those same group of friends go to dinner every single week you can miss it once and your friends will still be there on the back end and it'll make you have peace of mind to know that you got what you needed to get done done. And so I think the opposite is also true. Right. And so a lot of like high school teachers and stuff always 
kind of say, you know, college is going to be so much harder and you have to be able to prioritize and balance everything in college. You either get sleep or you go to class. You know what I mean? So first of all, is that true? And second of all, how do you guys manage to balance everything like with all your fun and your grades, but also prioritize, you know, when you, when you know you need to take a break or need to focus on the class? Yeah, I, I think it is hard to prioritize all of the things, but I think it's a really individual experience. So I remember one of my best friends from college, um, she and I would do our stat homework at night and I'm, I need sleep. Like I, I'm not a functional human being if I don't have eight hours of sleep. And so it would be like midnight and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to bed and I'll just finish this in the morning. And she would text me before I was woken up and was like, oh, I already finished the stat homework. And it was because like she only needed four hours of sleep and like that was how she functioned. And so I think that it's like really, like it's not comparing yourself to anyone else and like realizing like what makes you happiest and like how can you function best and then creating the priorities from there. So like, for example, like for me, like I would have prioritized sleep like much higher than she would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's one thing I think in terms of balancing everything, I don't, I think it, I don't know if I like ever do a good job of it, but I just <laughs> tried to balance. And I think it's a lot of give and take. I think some weeks, like I'll put my head down and like get a lot of work done. If I know that there aren't that fun of things going on, or I just need to recharge or in order for myself to feel like I'm going to have a really good time with friends or whatever. Um, only if I've gotten all of my work done and then other weeks I know are lighter and I'll like plan a bunch of stuff so that I can see my friends and do it. And so I think it's a lot of like give and take and, and being forgiving of yourself that you can't do everything and, and that's fine. Yeah. I was just going to say that I think like, I, I agree. I think the balance is hard. I think there is a lot of give and take and I think the priorities change like all the time. So like one week your priority might be like, I've three of my best friends have birthdays this week and like I have a test and so sleep is gone. And then next week it could be like, well, now I really need to catch up with sleep and um, I don't have anything going on with school. So I'm not going to like focus on that. I'm going to kind of take a week off from studying. And so I think it just changes day to day and it's about recognizing when you can reprioritize and what you can give up on any given like day or week. Yeah. And so now because of, you know, Corona and you guys are back in campus, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, how is that different? And how are you guys managing to see your friends still? But also, you know, Corona guidelines and <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah, I think thinking back on my life pre-COVID feels incredibly exhausting now that <laughs> we've kind of taken this like pause. Yeah. I'm like, how did I leave my house at 7 and then come back at 10 p.m. and be out all day? Um, but I think we're in a really lucky and privileged position because at HBS, they're one of the, um, few graduate schools. I think they're actually the only graduate school that is still open, um, as part of the Harvard community, the law school, the policy school, et cetera, all of those are fully remote. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that we're really lucky to have this hybrid situation. So essentially some of our classes are on zoom. So like I'll spend all some days completely at home and then other days we can go into the classroom, but there's a lot of rules and regulations with masks and spaces, mm. et cetera. Um, and we're also tested really frequently. And so I think that has changed the risk calculus for us a little bit um, because before it was, was always like, well, I haven't seen people and I, 
have been taking it seriously and I don't have any symptoms. So maybe we can go on a walk outside or something like that. And now we have a little bit more clarity on whether or not we're negative. Um, And so I think that that has made it easier for us to feel comfortable if like, oh, we can go to dinner if everyone got a negative test yesterday. And having a negative test doesn't mean like it's a free for all because there's false positives, et cetera. But that I think has given us um, a different level of of comfort. Um, I think we're a little stressed about what we do now that it's cold in Boston. Um, It was really beautiful for a long time and now it's freezing. And so I think we're going to need to find other ways to, to figure out like how to connect with others. But I think a lot of people got really creative in March with doing like virtual watch parties and like virtual happy hours and like all of that type of stuff. And so that's ways that you can kind of stay connected to folks. Yeah, I think um, I totally echo that. I think it's been really lucky that we've been in HBS. We've been in Boston where there has been like low cases for so long which has allowed us to have a more open environment around us. We were allowed to have 50 people outside and 25 people inside up until recently. And so um, just like being able to have even like class events or club events outside um, on campus has been, you know, something that's been really lucky. I think um, especially in business school, the experience is a lot about the, what they call networking um, and like getting, And so um, I think that's one of the reasons that they've tried so hard to like kind of maintain a semblance of that. And I think it's important. I think it's important to um, to maintain some sort of connection with other people during this time. I think it's also important to to do it safely and be vigilant that just because something was safe, you know, a week ago might not mean that it's safe as, you know, things are evolving so quickly. And so I think it's just kind of staying adaptable to the times. Yeah, definitely. Who knows what to expect now? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So hopefully when Corona goes away or whatever, or even like, actually, yeah, I guess in the future when Corona's settled down or something, how would you guys um, suggest people make friends in college? Like going in first year, you have no, you know, no one different state. Like how would you make friends? What's up with the campus activities, sororities, frats, give me everything. (laughs) So I, my best friends to this day from college came from my hall, my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, like being open to meeting the people on your dorms is a great like first place to start. Um, And I think there's a lot of community that's built in the dorms. Um, Sororities and fraternities um, are also a a place where I found a lot of my social life. at Northwestern, we didn't do that till second semester. So that uh, was kind of a later thing, but it, it was another community. And then also um, just clubs and, and things like that. I think one of the cool things about college is that you get to explore a lot and there's a club for literally everything. And I think I had a lot of fun freshman year just signing up for things that I thought I might be interested in, but wasn't sure and meeting people um, through those as well and, and through classes and exploring my different interests. And so I, I think there's a lot of ways to make friends. And I think the fun part about college, I remember freshman year, like you're out and about, and every time you meet someone, you're like exchanging numbers. Like I would exchange <laughs> 30 numbers a night or something. Cause everyone, everyone is in the same position. Everyone wants to meet people. Everyone wants friends. And so I think it, 
becomes a lot easier than you think it's going to be as long as you're open to it because people are just so like receptive and like people are want it just as badly as you do. So connections are made all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. I think knowing everyone's in the same boat and like this is usually their first time away from home. They might not know a lot of people in college. Everyone wants to meet, meet and make friends, I think makes it much easier. I agree. I think if I went through my phone contacts now, I would find like 50 people I don't actually know, but have their number <laughs> from like my really? month of college. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think I got, so I got interesting advice when I was deciding where I wanted to go to college. So I went to a really small prep school for high school. There were 500 of us. Like we knew everyone, we knew our professors, like it was a really tight knit community. And I had loved that so much that I thought when I was looking at colleges that I actually wanted to replicate that experience. So I was looking at really small, like liberal arts schools. Um, and somebody had said to me, you know, you can make a small, you can make a big school smaller, but you can't make a small school bigger. And you might start to feel claustrophobic over time, especially if you're trying to replicate this like w once great experience that you had. And that really helped me and informed my decision of where I went to school, which is Penn, which has 10,000 undergrads and is enormous. And that's not to say like my first semester, I had, I felt overwhelmed by how big it was. Like I would walk through the whole, whole campus and not see anyone that I recognized. And that was like personally stressful for me. Right. Um, and I, unlike Caroline, had a funky situation with my freshman year hall where we we only had like six freshmen and then the rest of them were international students who were there for just one semester abroad. And so they didn't have like the same investment of like building this lifelong friendship because they were there for one semester. They were in the U.S. They wanted to like meet all these other folks and they were usually older than us. And so I looked for friends in, in other areas and I actually kind of got like adopted into other friends' halls, which was really nice. Um, and those were friends that I met in class, like walking around etc. Um, and then I, I too joined a sorority. It's, it's similar to Northwestern where you don't rush until your second semester, which I think is really nice because in the beginning you kind of get your like grounding at school and you start to meet all these other people and then you're introduced to a whole new slew of, of people and you get to kind of keep people from both lives. Um, and for me, having a sorority was really nice because it was just another way that you made the big school smaller and like all of a sudden I had like 50 girls who were in my class and like I got to know all of them and I don't think I would have met a lot of them otherwise and they're now like all of my very closest best friends and like when I would walk through that you know same campus walk after I joined a sorority I saw like 10 people or 30 people or whatever that I knew and I finally felt like I was kind of making grounds there mm -hmm. um, so I think like be patient and know that you might get lucky and like meet your lifelong best friends on day one, or like it might take until second semester, but everyone's in the same boat. Like everyone's interesting and cool. And like, it's a fun experience just to get to know all these really smart, cool people um, and, and have fun with it. Okay. So I have a question about sororities. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of, my friends and I will talk about sororities, you know, and think like, who's going to be in one, who will probably, you know, rule one, whatever. Um, but I've heard that it's, you know, in like movies, it's always portrayed as like very girly girls and, you know, everyone's only cares about their appearance and stuff. Is any of that true? <laughs> I think it, it wasn't for me, but yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think we were both in a similar situation. I don't think it was that way, like at any of the sororities at Northwestern or not exactly how it is on the movies, just because it's a different culture. It wasn't really the main 
I, I, when I, where I grew up in Tennessee, it's like really you do rush before you even um, like start day one of classes. And like, it's your end all be all is your sorority. That's like your friend group. That's like what you do. And at Northwestern, it was more like you had all this stuff you were doing outside of your sorority, and then your sorority was like another thing that you did. And um, the sororities, there was a sorority for like a lot of different types of people. And um, I, I, I just think it was a lot um, less how you would portray it in the movies. And people all had very different interests, were um, ambitious, had other things going on, and cared about a lot, a lot more than their looks. But I don't know what Grace is. Um, yeah no I fully agree with that so um for context both my parents are journalists and so like they would read about these terrible things that were happening in sororities and I remember when I heard that people were in sororities I I was like frankly judgmental of them for being in one um and I wasn't that open to joining one until this girl on my freshman year hall was like what do you have to lose to just you know, try it out, like see, go through the process and just see like what it is and maybe you'll end up liking it. And so I was like, okay, you're right. Like I should be open to this, right. even though I don't want to be. Um, and I was completely proven wrong. Like I, I think joining my sorority was one of the best decisions that I've made only because it introduced me to um, a whole new group of people who ended up becoming like my lifelong friends. Like I'm getting married in October and like my two maids of honor are two girls who were in my sorority who became my roommates in San Francisco. That's so cute. Um, yeah, which is, which is the best. And I think for me, I was like not really a sorority sorority girl and, yeah. and most of my friends weren't either. Um, like we weren't really heavily involved. Um, honestly, I think it was just a good introduction to have friends and like they threw like different events and stuff that were really fun, but we weren't that heavily involved in like leadership or like anything else that was like kind of raw, raw sorority-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also indicative of, you know, Penn being in the Northeast. I don't think that they, I think a lot of the sororities that they portray are like stereotypically, and Caroline, please correct me if I'm wrong, like more of like the South, um, yeah. where like the diplomatic there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they, and and so like in at Penn, like sororities are more just another way of having a social group, but it doesn't have like all of this stuff. Like for, okay, for context, my aunt who went to school at Auburn, which is in the South, um, was in the same sorority as I was. And when she found out that I got into the sorority, she like gave me the secret handshake or something. And I didn't know what that was because like, that wasn't like a thing that we did. Oh, right, right. You know, so I think it's really different depending on where you go to school. Um, I would say like be open to it because I don't think it's anything like what it's portrayed. And my parents also felt completely proven wrong. They were like definitely judging me for joining the sorority and then I met all of my friends and they were like, wait, these are all like smart, cool girls. And I was like, yeah, see? (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've kind of spoken to, like, the younger crowd, um, I have this segment about, like, clueless parents, (laughs) but um, I was just thinking we could talk about, like, how we can help them navigate with their kids of, like, getting into college and stuff, Um, if, like, it's their first kid going to college. Um, So do you guys have anything to say to parents that are distressed for their kids and don't know what to do or how to help them or whatever? I think one of the things that Grace and I were talking about before is that both of us, we were told that some of the schools we were applying to were like reaches and um, like 
I think if I hadn't applied to Northwestern, then I obviously wouldn't have gone to Northwestern and my life would be totally different. And so I think making sure that as a parent or as somebody who has influence on people that are applying to college, making sure that you actually encourage people to apply to schools that even might be considered reaches because you never know what's going to happen. And if you don't even apply, then you really are shutting the door before it's even open. So I think that's one thing. Yeah, I think um, at my school, they tried to kind of like temper our disappointment, but I think disappointment is is part of life. And so in like, as a result, they were like, I don't know if like you should apply to all these schools, including Penn. And as a result, I didn't apply to like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, and I probably wouldn't have gotten into those, but I do think that I should have tried um, because, you know, what's one more application and why not? Um, And I think Caroline and I both went to the schools that were considered our reaches. And now that I've, you know, gone this far, like I can't imagine not having gone to Penn and like having all the friends and the experiences that I had there. So I think like do go for the reaches and if you don't get them, like at least you tried and you're not sitting there being like, what if? Um, So that's, I fully agree with that. And then I think the second thing is, so my parents, like, it's just my, my brother and I, like, they were super, it was like their one shot for us, like, both in college, they were like, so stressed about the whole thing. And my brother and I were really stressed, too. But I think we just showed it differently. Like, we, I don't do well with like, outlines for essays or like deadlines. Like, I, I, I'm a procrastinator, and I like work on a tight deadline. And so I think when I wasn't doing things, my parents were like, why, why aren't you doing this? Like, why, why don't you care like as much as we do? And I think for all parents, like kids do care, like it is your life, like you're the one who's going to the college, like not your parents. But I think we're just like kids and manifesting it in different ways than they are. Um, And I think that I wish I could have had like a more productive conversation with my parents about that at the time. But I was not I didn't. (laughs) So yeah. What are some affected? Oh, sorry. What were you saying? I should say the one other thing I would say is to make sure that um, you focus on what's important and tune out a little bit of the noise. I know that I've heard stories from my parents where teachers told them that I was like sleeping in class or like (laughs) things correctly. Or when I was a kid, I, um, I like cursed in an assignment because I was like seven and they told me to rhyme duck as many times as I could. (laughs) Okay. Um, Love it. My parents lesson from that was like, we always said, well, is she getting good grades? And they would say yes. And they would kind of move on and shut it down and defend me and never bring it up to me. And so I never knew that my teachers were saying all of this stuff about me and that my teachers had issues with me because my parents fully guarded me from it because their, their thought process was what's mattering. What matters is that she's succeeding and however she copes and however she gets through it, it is fine. And we're not going to discourage her. And I think that um, that's something that I think is really important is to, you know, make sure that you're not, um, you're not hampering people along the edges in ways that kind of, isn't actually important to, to their success. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, my last question is, what are some effective ways that the parents can help with the applications and not, you know, not help? I think I would, I think I would listen to your kids about like what they want to do. So 
because my parents are journalists. They obviously write for a living. And I was a strongly opinionated 18 year old. And my parents and I got into like this math. My dad and I got into this big argument about how I should start off this essay for a college I was applying to. Mm -hmm. And he ultimately was like, I'm an editor. Like I I know that this is like that your way you're starting it is like wrong and you just have to do it this way. And I was like, okay. So I ended up giving in and like the whole time, like I was hoping I didn't get into that school to prove him right. And my dad only cared about me getting into that school. (laughs) And I I did end up getting in thankfully because I think my dad was like super stressed. Oh my gosh. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think like listen to your kids and like talk to them. I think about like the stresses that they're facing. If I'm looking back, like I know I don't think that any of my friends really talked openly about like how we were feeling about the college application process. I think we all lamented about how terrible it was and would like talk about how it sucked, but I don't think that we like went deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um and I also think there was like some competitive element. Like unfortunately again I went to a small prep school and like so everyone was applying to the same sorts of schools and like you would kind of compare yourself to one another and like that created like unnecessary tensions because you know like it's out of your hands like at the end of the day of what's going to happen and admissions is frankly a crapshoot like I think they just are like yep this is good nope and like there's no real like there's obviously reasons behind that but a lot of really smart qualified awesome kids don't get into schools that they should get into um and so I think like I would maybe encourage parents to, to like, I don't know, talk to like, have your kids talk to like their friends about it because we never really did. And I think that would have been helpful to have like somebody who was going along through it with me rather than having my parents' perspective. Right. Who haven't done it in years. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I think that's probably the most important thing is to have that dialogue going. I also think that it's important to kind of um, let them be a little bit independent with it. Take it as like, this is their college process. This is like them starting the first step towards learning how to be independent. Mm-hmm. Let them be a little bit independent. I think maybe keep an eye on the deadlines so that if they are like next week, you kind of know that uh, things are getting in order, but don't be, you know, micromanaging them months in advance unnecessarily. Right. Yeah. I think one other thing is that, you know, when I was eight, when I was making this decision, like I thought that I was making this decision independently. And I think my parents did a really good job of letting me think that I was like choosing where I wanted to go to school, like based on what I wanted. But on reflecting back, like my parents like fully controlled the entire process and steered me to where I wanted to go. And like, (laughs) so my like fiance also went to Penn, but he went to I'm Wharton for undergrad, which is their business school program. Mm -hmm. And he was like the only person from Wharton to like go and become a teacher. Like he did TFA after because like that was, he was like more passionate about education than he was about business. And I think he like would have thrived more in like a liberal arts setting than not. But his parents like understandably were very focused on like business is like the path to success. And like, this is what you should be studying. And so I think but but at the time he thought he was choosing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that, you know, parents know us better than we know ourselves. They know way more than we do. And I think like gently steering us in a good direction is the right thing to do. 
but letting us think that we're making the decision, I think <laughs> is the most important part. Um, yeah, but I just had, yeah, I, it turns out I had no control, but I thought that I was. Oh, geez, it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> now that we yeah. think, you know our kids are going to like be going into private equity by the time they're, I learned what that job was at business school and they make an unbelievable amount of money. And so I was like, I'm going to put my kid into private equity yep. at some point because I had no <laughs> idea what that was. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So important to know, just like, there's so much you don't know yet when you're that age. Like I didn't know what business was when I was going into college at all. Mm. And I know that I was gonna I didn't know that my life was gonna take me where it is now when I was going to college at all and I think just like going into college being open to just like following where life takes you and seeing where like your path leads is just really really important because there's just so much like that even today I'm realizing that I don't know you know right yeah 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 Yeah. thank you guys so much you guys are so cool (laughs) thank you yeah thanks for having us and real talk, like separate from this, if you have questions about schools, because I know your mom said you were looking at applying to some East Coast schools, like we have oh, friends I want to go at East all Coast. of them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have friends who like went to all of these schools, or we may have gone there. And like, if you have questions or want to talk to them, like just e- you have our email. So just email us and we can connect you um, if that's totally helpful. <laughs> Thank you. So, so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank cool. Well, thanks for having us. This was really fun. Thanks for coming on guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow my Instagram at Max Dubrow and any other socials and subscribe to this podcast on anywhere you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thank you guys.